Welcome to the Overcoming Monday podcast, where we provide you little secrets for your big breakthrough. This podcast is designed to enhance your emotional and spiritual health, and our mission is simple, to help you understand yourself, the people you love, and the world around you so that you can win where it matters most. Your host is writer, speaker, mom, and pastor's wife, Shari King, and this season of Overcoming Monday is brought to you by Mission Grill. It is literally my favorite new restaurant in Anderson, South Carolina on Highway 81. It is incredible. Think Mexican street tacos, fresh, organic, and delicious. I go there at least three times a week. This season is also brought to you by The Clever People. For all of your real estate needs in the upstate of South Carolina, if you're looking for a new home, if you want to buy some property, if you need a place to rent, or if you just want to look at all the available properties and dream about what it would be to live in Anderson, The Clever People. They are your people for your real estate needs. Okay, let's get started on this podcast with your host and my wife, Shari King. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Overcoming Monday. We are currently in season 12 where we're talking about the top three. I'm asking friends of mine who are experts in different areas of life to come in and give us some advice. Today on the show, I have my friend Jess Hatton. She is a pastor's wife and a mom of three. She and Adam have two girls, Lydia, who was five, Mary Grace, who was three, and a one-year-old little boy named Isaiah. She works in Asheville, North Carolina as a licensed clinical mental health counselor. She graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary in 2009 and since then has worked with hospice, churches, and private practices. I have her on the show today because I know that she's doing what a lot of you other moms out there are doing. She's trying to figure out how do I juggle life with my kids and also working at home. But what you don't know is she is also starting her own practice right now in this crazy season. So as I say very often, buckle up your seatbelts and let's get ready to listen to Jessica Hatton. Overcoming Monday listeners, I'm so excited for you guys to hear from my friend, Jessica Hatton. You can say hi, Jessica. Hi. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) So I met Jessica when my husband preached at a church called Biltmore. Uh, It's in Asheville, North Carolina. And we just met like occasionally, you know, like acquaintance type meeting in the lobby of a church. And um, did we have a meal? I can't remember. I feel, I think we did. I think we actually had a meal at the church for the first time. Okay. And then the second time, I feel like we went to a restaurant and we were eating at a a high top table, right? Having little snacks and stuff like that. Yeah, with the staff. So I met Jessica kind of through the church, through your Mm -hmm. husband, actually. And so um, then we've just done multiple things together, seen each other now, eaten out a few times. And, um, have just loved getting to know you a little bit more. I know that we live far away, but you can still get to know someone and feel like you know them for, you know. Yeah. So Jessica is a mom. Um, She's also a working mom. Mm -hmm. Um, She has also started a business. Um, (laughs) So will you just take a few minutes to introduce yourself to the audience? Yeah. So um, I'm Jess, and I am a native of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Um, I ended up at um, Appalachian State, 
And mm-hmm. uh, that's actually where I met Adam, my husband. And so we met towards the end of our um, last couple of years there. And um, at the time, I knew I wanted to be a counselor. And so I also knew that um, he and I met when we were in our campus ministry at the school. And so faith being something that's very important to both of us. But I um, knew that I wanted to incorporate my faith in my counseling because I, to be honest, really didn't see a point um, of helping people if I couldn't do what I valued most, which of course was incorporating Jesus in that. And so um, I chose to go to Dallas Theological Seminary. So from App, I went out to DTS in Dallas, Texas, and um, we joke around, but Adam actually followed me a semester later. (laughs) So um, he and I were actually in school at the same time together full time, which was um, great in some ways because we didn't have any family close. And then I say that like it's a great thing. It was nice (laughs) because for those first couple years of our marriage, like we were actually able to leave and cleave and... um, like develop just a really strong bond together. Um, mm-hmm. So that was great in many aspects, but it was also hard because we were both full-time students and um, mm. we were dirt poor. I mean, like, I mean, he jokes around and says like to spice it up a little bit, he'd put cheese in his ramen. And and that's true. <laughs> I mean, we just, we were dirt poor and in school and it was hard, but it was really good. Mm-hmm. And so um, to be honest, we thought we were going to stay in Dallas. And so um Every door but it was that, just too hot. It, it was, it was hot. blazing. <laughs> and now I will say, I don't know how I ended up at App because it's freezing in Boone and um, I am not one for cold weather. So Dallas okay. was more of my season there. But Adam struggled <laughs> big time yeah. in, in Dallas. But, oh yeah, it was hot. It was really hot. Mm-hmm. But every door that we kind of approached seemed to be closing in Dallas. And um, at the time, Adam's stepdad... Um, was sick with cancer. And so we finally just really felt like the Lord was saying, it's time for you to go back home. Um, and so he took a job in North Carolina. Um, and so we moved back. And, um, so he worked for a little while as a student pastor, which is originally what, you know, brought us into ministry. Um, and then I ended up getting a job working at hospice, which was an hour and a half away, crazy enough in his hometown. And so I drove an hour and a half each way every day to go back and forth to work. Um, and so worked for about two years with hospice and then ended up trans, um, transferring to a private practice that was nearby. And um, we, Adam was able to change jobs and got a job doing student ministry in his hometown. And eventually we church planted. Um, and then from there, we ended up in the Asheville area after he came on staff with Biltmore. And since then, I've been with private practice as well. Okay. So, yeah, and, and I've, I've met, uh, I really like Adam. He's very down to earth. Um, and he's just, you don't, well, to meet a guy who is like, you know, tough guy, but also very <laughs> tender, tough and tender, mm-hmm. I feel like he has both of he those. Is. And I think it's really, really, he's kind. He has a, he has a kindness about him, but he's also, he you is. can tell he's like a guy's guy, you know? He is. He is. He's great one-on-one. He's great with relationships. Yeah, he's very personable. Mm. So. so what made you, uh, I know that you said you wanted to do counseling mm-hmm. and you specifically wanted it to have, be, have a godly viewpoint. Yes. Uh, what led you to want to do counseling specifically? 
Was there any, um, like, <laughs> life? <laughs> well, yes. anyway, I'll just let you answer. <laughs> I feel like all counselors live by the philosophy that we are teaching what we have learned ourselves. Mm. Um, so I think that when I realized I was going to be a counselor, it was um, after working through some things in my life that um, just I had to go through. And so um, just I... I I lived a lot of my life, especially my early life, just valuing my relationships, especially with guys, um, too much and that being my identity. And so it took me a while to work through that and just having some very bad relationships, um, to that just caused a lot of baggage. And so I, I was able to work through that. And then as I went into college and grew in my faith so much, um, those two things just kind of collided. And so I just realized that I could take those and my goal would be to help other people from there. Yeah. So um, now you've started your own practice. I have. And that is such a big, um, a big mountain to climb. Um, actually, I was going to ask you that mm-hmm. second. Let's go for your first question, <laughs> your first top question. So this season is season 12. We're talking about people's top advice. So I'm asking people for their top three, mm-hmm. and we're going to focus on you being a mom, a working mm-hmm. mom, and then also being in counseling. So the first one that I want to ask is related to the counseling aspect. So you've been doing this for about 10 years, yes. correct? Yes. Yeah. So I would think that counseling is a tough job, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. A lot of jobs are tough, but I think counseling has an interesting toughness about it in Mm -hmm. the same way that I think being a pastor does or a minister, Mm -hmm. because people bring their weight to you and their burdens. Um, But I would love to hear what is one thing about your job which you love and gives you the most satisfaction to keep doing it, because... I think that our world, <laughs> we live in a, we live in a world that is ready to complain and criticize. Yes. And so I wanted to just kind of focus on counseling, which is a hard thing, but let's talk about the positive mm-hmm. thing that you see out of it. Yeah, it is hard. Um, but honestly, it's, it's so incredible at the same time. Um, I would say that for me, it's kind of transitioned. So when I first started out, I started working out with a a lot of teens, a lot of adolescents. um, And that worked out well because Adam being in student ministry, we were both, you know, um, doing that together. And I loved working with teens. I loved it so much. And so um, it was just fun, them letting you in. And they wanted somebody to listen to them and just Mm. be a partner with them. And a lot of times... and. I would imagine that most people would feel this way. As a teen, even if your parents are there and you trust them completely, going to your parents are different. And so coming to a counselor, they just felt like they were, you know, able to open up. Um, And so being able to sit beside my clients in those moments was just fun. And it it made me feel very honored that they would let me in. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that kind of transitioned from working with teens. I got to the point where I still love my teens, don't get me wrong. But it transformed into working with the parents of those children and teens. And so now I think it's life stage as well. I've gotten to this stage in my life where I'm working a lot with moms. And Mm -hmm. so working with moms in their stuff, as well as working with moms in the parenting aspect. And so um, from that aspect of counseling, it's, it's like walking beside someone, you know, that I know very well. And Again, it's honoring. Um, I feel very honored when they allow me to do it. But when I see the Lord work through um, 
their hurts and their wounds. Um, and when they take an active role in their own healing, it's incredible. Mm. So it's exhausting. Yes to work through and, you know, sit with somebody through that. But when you see them come out on the other side, it is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Not to break any like, um, confidentiality laws or anything like that, but you can, can you tell me generally, like Mm -hmm. on a very general scale, what do you think is, are some of the most common or like things that moms come to you and Mm want to talk about like their biggest struggles? Uh, Well, I think just a lot of the hot topics right now, I think um, anxiety probably being one of the top ones, Um, Mm -hmm. and especially right now, and we might, I don't know if we're going to touch on this or not, but being in the middle of this COVID season, I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure I've read some recent statistics that say a lot of the um, anxiety meds are running out. People can't get their Mm -hmm. prescriptions filled. And that's just sad. It's so sad. Um, So lots of anxiety all the way around, um, especially more so right now. Um, depression, of course. Um, and that I think ranging from many things, um, and a lot being, you know, past trauma, a lot being just past wounds where they've hurt and not been able to work through things, um, forgiveness. Um, and then of course the parenting piece of it too, because, Mm -hmm. um, I have learned that, um, just in general terms, our generation, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself, who knows, um, our parents had a hard time discipling us. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of the moms that come in to see me don't know how to disciple their kids. And so Mm -hmm. walking through that and then, um, teaching them to teach their own kids about anxiety and, you know, helping them through that as well as, um, just their faith and boundaries and all of those things. Mm. That's, uh, that's interesting that you bring that up. Last night, I actually went to our New Spring um, Spartanburg campus, mm-hmm. and uh, they asked for Jacob and I to come in there and specifically speak about legacy. Oh, um, wow. And what they meant by legacy is just, and it was, and here's the other element, uh, there was a, the woman who questioned us, it used to be the boy's nanny for about 10 years, she's known them. <laughs> so she was their nanny in camp, uh, seasons. And so it was really neat because I'm sitting up there with her and with uh, Jacob and she's asking us questions because she's been in our life almost mm-hmm. every summer, you know. And so she's seen us interact and the church was just wanting to see and mm-hmm. hear from Jacob how I had interacted with him and then hear mm-hmm. to hear from me what my goals were as a mom. Now, I don't mm-hmm think I'm like the mom that like did all things right. (laughs) Um, But I worked really hard at being a mom, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I think that those were just the questions, but specifically they were craving Mm -hmm. to hear from Jacob um, and, and what he thought about all of it. So it was kind of funny. I felt like I was getting graded on stage. Um, But what was really neat is that Molly had also come into my life straight out of college. And I never thought we would be best friends Um, I never thought that we would have the relationship that we had summer after summer. I just thought she'd be the boy's nanny, right? But we got very close, and she felt like that she had been discipled by me too. And so we're sitting up there because she's like, look, you know, I see Jacob as your legacy, but I also see myself as your legacy. Mm -hmm. And and it's neat because she's single right now, and she's like, so I see that I can pour into people and that it doesn't necessarily have to be my child. And it was just a really neat a really neat picture and the church was craving it. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we just really enjoyed doing that together. 
So I can see how, um, I think what they were craving is what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. that how do you disciple your kids? Because that's where a lot of the questions were revolving around that. How do Mm -hmm. you disciple your kids and how do you Mm -hmm. see them and how do you interact with them and how do you, you know, so it was just such, hey, so I think we're going to put this message on our website. So if you guys are interested in it, we'll have it available soon going, just thinking about it right now. Um, But and I don't know what it's going to be called. So I'm probably Shari and Jacob in the <laughs> legacy. Um, so maybe you'll find it one day. I don't know. But it, it was just a great experience. But I think what you're speaking to is what people were craving. Mm-hmm. And But we had such a good time with it. It was just so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and, um, and yeah. I, you know, and I will say I had wonderful parents. And I grew up mm-hmm. in church. And so I had a great basis. But apart from them, I didn't really have a whole lot of other, you know, older family members or adults in my life that spoke truth into me or, um, discipled me along the way. And so, you know, I, I want that for my kids. You know, it's not just the parents, it's the community too. And so having somebody who's not necessarily the parent to speak into the lives of your kid as well is powerful. Yeah. You know, here's the reality. I don't think my mom felt discipled by her parents. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just a, I think it's a new thing to think about Mm -hmm. kind of just sounds weird, but to disciple your kids. And so one of the points that I made is that your kids are people, not product. Your your kids are people, not projects. Mm -hmm. They're not like a mission. They're, they're people. And so Mm -hmm. if we're going to see them as people, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ, even though they're way younger, you know, but Mm -hmm. yes. um, But I think that's a, a perspective. Somehow a parent has to grasp you know, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. anyway, so, um, we're going to go into a break really quick, but after this break, um, we're going to come back and we're going to talk with Jessica about, or do you want me to call you Jess? I've always called you Jessica. You just said I'm Jess. Oh yeah. Either one. Um, a lot of people call me Jess. If you want to, that'd be great. Okay. I think I was probably doing that in my brain because Jess Brock is my friend and I call oh, her yeah. Jess. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when we come back after the break, we're going to talk to Jess about her top struggle. So we're going to ask her about launching her own business and what's been super hard about that. So stay tuned. Hey, Overcoming Monday listeners. Have you ever wanted to experience the Bible up close and personal to not just read about the Sea of Galilee or the city of Jerusalem, but to actually be there? Trust us. It's unlike anything you've ever experienced before in your life. And you have the opportunity to visit the Holy Land in May of 2021 with faith-based expeditions. Shari, alongside author and speaker Sharon Miller, will be leading a woman's-only tour of Israel that is going to blow your mind. We'll be going from May 18th to the 25th in 2021, and spots will fill up super quick, so make sure you grab your seat at faithbasedexpeditions.com and enter the code WBS521SK. Again, that is faithbasedexpeditions.com and enter in the code WBS521SK. Shari can't wait to experience the Holy Land with you and make sure you sign up before it's too late. All right, Jess, so what we're going to do, we're coming back in, from the break and we've been talking a lot about um, your counseling, about being a mom, about being in this career. So you had a steady career for about 10 years and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden now you're starting your own practice. Yeah. Uh, what has been your biggest struggle, your top struggle in launching your own practice? Um, well, when I first started out with counseling, I kind of 
swore to Adam I would never start my own private practice. Um, <laughs> and that was because I have never seen myself as a business person, ever. Um, I'm a one-on-one relational person, and honestly, that's why I do what I do. I love it. But starting this business is something that I have felt the Lord leading me do, to do for a while with the encouragement of a lot of people around me. And so... Um, it's going, and I am very excited about it, but it has been a roller coaster of emotions for me because I am not business-minded at all. And so everything from the paperwork, administrative side of things, of developing a business, to the logos and developing a website mm-hmm. and having to um, contract out for all of that, um, I... I am learning to surround myself with people who know what they're doing <laughs> mm-hmm. because I'm just, I'm not business minded at all, at all. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's how- probably been the biggest struggle. <laughs> I know uh, some of the things, and I think it is a struggle in general, especially as a Christian. So I've gone to a lot of different conferences and they talk about marketing yourself. And it feels so, so in the Christian world, you hear you're a servant, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, it's all about Jesus. And then all of a sudden when you're doing something, honestly, like having a podcast or being Mm -hmm. a speaker or being an author or starting your own business, like in counseling, um, you need to figure out how to let people know what you're doing yes. because you're doing it for a reason. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it feels uh, self-promotion is just so weird sometimes. And some yes. people do it well. Like Clayton, he just, it's natural. <laughs> for me, I'm like, talk about myself and tell people to listen. That's I'm so terrible. weird. I'm yes. terrible at it. I mean, even just as something as simple as a bio for, you know, a web page or, you know, for a speaking engagement, anything like that. I try to type up a bio and then my husband, Adam, he's like, Jess, you're underselling yourself. Yes. Clayton <laughs> says that about me. So how, what are some ways that you've kind of like figured out how to, how to overcome that? Or what are some tricks? I, people I think I'm you? still working through that. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, yeah, I, I think that's just a work in progress for me. And so I am trying my best to look at the accomplishments I have made and mm-hmm. um, my success stories, not mine necessarily, but my clients and looking at their mm-hmm. change as, you know, I think that this is going to go really well. I hope mm-hmm. <laughs> this is going to go mm-hmm. really well. And so um, I, I, it's just a work in progress, to be honest. Yeah. On the Enneagram scale, what do you think you are? Are you, do, are you an Enneagram person? Okay, so when I, first, when I first read the book, The Road Back to You, uh-huh. I thought I was going to be a nine, hands yeah. down, thought I was going to be nine. But I took like the official test and I came back, which makes complete sense now. I came back a six, so oh. a loyalist with a five wing. So I'm, you know, because hmm. I, and I, I'll be honest, I love, I love to read. I love the research yeah. piece of it and all that kind of stuff. So, um, but I can act like a nine. Yeah. Does nine have, does nine play into the f- to the six at all? I don't remember that. I think this is when I, I want to say when I'm behaving poorly, <laughs> I, go back, I go back to my peaceable nine. Yeah. Making peace with life because yes. you're afraid of everything. I don't know. <laughs> I <think so. laughs> Who knows? I can't remember the six. I haven't studied it enough to know. Um, my friend Ashley Dixon would know, but I can't, I can't remember. Um, yeah. Well, I would say this is what I've had to do. This is one thing that I've had to realize, especially like with my book and things like that. And I'm still not good at it like Clayton, but I realize that it's not really yourself that you're selling. Mm -hmm. It's like 
this calling that God's given you to... So, okay, so I've been reading Acts. Mm -hmm. And in Acts, um, when Jesus leaves, when he ascends and he goes into heaven, that doesn't mean he's absent from being here on earth, but he's ruling from heaven, right? Mm -hmm. When he leaves, um, the disciples are staring up in the sky and they're like, okay, so what just happened, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and these two guys in white robes are like, hey, so he's gone and he will come back again the way that he left, but you guys need to go <laughs> and be, mm -hmm. do what he said, you know? And what did Jesus say? Go be my witnesses in Ju uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, that's us too, you know? Mm -hmm. And so how are we being witnesses? How are we telling Jesus's story and, and telling who he is in our world. And we're each given different yeah. gifts. And so I think that for me, I've had to say, okay, for me, that's podcast. For me, mm -hmm. that's writing. And if he's given me a message, I need to believe that that message is valid enough. And yes. I'm called to do this enough to be able to say, this is worth your time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should listen mm -hmm. to this podcast. This is worth your time. There's mm -hmm. something in it that I think will help you. And so I think seeing it that way, self-promotion sounds yes. so bad, but but that you, you have to have a definition for things in order mm -hmm. to say them. But I think that that's what it is. It's that we're saying the Lord has called me to this mm -hmm. and I believe I'm gifted to do this. Mm -hmm. And so and what you're talking about is the successes of the people that you've seen yeah. who have been through counseling with you. You see that God's using the gifts that he's yes. given you. Yes. You sum it up so nicely. <laughs> oh, well, I have been learning. <laughs> but, but that's an encouragement to me, too, because I, I have struggled with what, you know, many people call the this, this self-promotion thing. And um, I don't want it to be me promoting myself. Um, mm. I want I, my goal is to help people. And so, um, yeah, that's a big encouragement. Yeah. Well, there's a tip, too, for me. <laughs> OK, <laughs> so the next top three. Um, so working moms. Mm -hmm. It is a struggle, especially <laughs> right now. It is such a struggle. Oh my goodness. With COVID going on, I know oh, uh, it is just juggling more. And some moms are now working from home and homeschooling, you know, so mm -hmm. uh, I know that that's true. And then some are just hoping that school will actually stay yes. <laughs> so yes. that they can go to work. Yes. Um, but I'm sure a lot of working moms would be listening to this podcast and they're in the same situation as you trying to work and be a mom, figure out COVID. Like, mm -hmm. how do you figure it out? You can't, because yeah. uh, no. nobody really knows what's going on. But what plans are you making or have you made to try to prepare for this? And I know that like, <laughs> look, here's the deal. There's no right answer, there's right? Not. It's just there's not. I, I really feel like at this point for moms, for parents, there's no right or wrong answer. It's whatever works best for your family. Um, mm -hmm. And so I... Well, yeah. So I've been planning on launching this business for a while now. And so then COVID happened. <laughs> and I, I thought, oh, wow, you know, this. And, and, okay. And two, just to preface, my, build, my business is going to be teletherapy. So everything's mm -hmm. teletherapy. And so um, I thought, you know, this is even better timing. This lined up perfectly. But what mm -hmm even after COVID I didn't see coming was everything going on with the school system. And, um, so my oldest right now is entering kindergarten and we, I have decided to make the um, call to homeschool her this year. So on top of business, 
being mom. I'm now a teacher as well. And um, I have to say it's going well. It's going well. But I am so thankful that she was only in kindergarten because I don't know if I could have made that call had she yeah. been a different age. It just would have been much harder. But um, And then I've still got the other two little ones at the house as well. But there, honestly, there's no right or wrong. I, I, I mean, everybody's struggling with this. Mm-hmm. And for some families, you know, sending them to the school is the right call. For other people, virtual is the right call. And for other people, homeschool. It just... It's so hard right now. And working from home at the same Mm -hmm. time. How do you plan your hours? So practically, like your kids are at home. Mm -hmm. Do you have a specific person that comes and helps keep them while you're working? Or does Adam tag in? So it got a little complicated um, with COVID. Prior to COVID, so my office hours were all in the office. And I worked only on Tuesday, Thursdays. And so during my office hours, um, I had a lady that came and she stayed with the kids. And she was, you know, she's absolutely wonderful. And so... um, that kind of stayed the case in the very beginning. Um, and then when everything was shelter in place and Adam was working from home, um, we had to coordinate my teletherapy sessions with his Zoom meetings for work. And it got mm. really hard just because I had to go from Tuesday, Thursdays, just having all my sessions lined up to Monday through Friday, nap times, anytime, as long as Adam can help me with the kids. And so it threw my schedule off completely, but it worked out and I'm very thankful for getting through that. And so now that he's back in the office some, um, my sitter's back at the house. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's the goal that just, I can have, you know, certain days for that and, um, have a sitter to help me for those two days. So this is, this isn't a question I planned on asking you, um, but this will probably be our last question. Um, I wanted to ask you, so like to go into a counseling session, Mm -hmm. uh, and then I feel like if you had them all scheduled up and lined up in one day, you're mentally and like emotionally prepared for Mm -hmm. just that day and that section of time being something where you're giving to people. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing when I'm thinking about your life, if they're not all in one chunk, then it's take care of my kids and then somehow mentally and emotionally prepared to talk to someone and then come back out of that and go make dinner. And then, I mean, I don't really know. I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I'm just, Mm -hmm. I just know that when I speak or talk to someone, sometimes I have to prepare myself to be able Mm -hmm. to handle it the right way. So Mm -hmm. how, how did you do that? And what was that like? And, um, it was not always easy. Sometimes I have more a harder time after the session just to mm-hmm. decompress and um, allow myself to process before I come back out of the room mm-hmm. and interact with the kids again and with Adam again. Um, so sometimes it's after. Having them all in one day is nice because I can just focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, it can also be emotionally exhausting if they're mm-hmm. lined up back to back. So I guess it's got its pros and cons. Sometimes, you know, having a sporadic an appointment in the middle of the day is kind of nice because it's one or two appointments as opposed to a whole day's worth. And I can Mm -hmm. decompress for a few minutes and then come back out. Um, but it's, it's hard to like cut off being a mom Mm -hmm. and then turn around and transition into work. Yeah. I think it's just probably, I'm guessing something you just had to do and learn how to do it when you did, when you were doing it. Mm -hmm. So sorry, I I do have one more question. Yeah. Do you have advice for, 
people, I know that as a counselor, you have to figure out how to carry or not carry someone's mm -hmm. load and their burden. Yes. yes. So I personally would be interested. Is there a certain routine that you do? Is there something that you've been trained as to uh, learning how to unload that in a proper way, unload other people's burdens in a proper way so that you're mm -hmm. not carrying them all the time? Yeah. Well, I can tell you that when I, when I first started counseling, um, you know, my first job out of school was with hospice. And that was, for me, one of the most emotionally exhausting experiences that I had, um, for many reasons, but, um, I, I had it drilled into me. I cannot own their hurt and their dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so, um, not that I don't have my own, <laughs> but I can't take that home with me at the end of the day. And so, um, I came home and had to just realize that to a large degree, I leave it in the office. And that's that's much easier said than done. So for me, it's been less about a routine, but more about having those people around me that I can, you know, say, it's just been a really hard day. Um, mm -hmm. I don't ever give specifics to people around me by any means, but um, if it's been a hard day, I just, you know, it's been a really hard day and, mm -hmm. you know, um, allow myself the grace <laughs> that I yeah. need. Yeah. Um, because carrying other people's stuff is hard. Yeah. And I think I have a high sense of responsibility, too high mm -hmm. a lot of times. And mm -hmm. so Clayton isn't like me. Not that he doesn't own people's hurts like I do. He mm -hmm. cares, but yes. he doesn't carry them. Yes. <laughs> and that's and a good distinction. And so he is. has to help me a lot. He has to say, that's not yours to carry. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's wrong. Sometimes I want to be like, well, who's going to help me? You know, like, yeah, I want to yeah. go off. But then I realize I do need to let it go. It's not like I can't. Here's the thing. We can't make people do anything and we can't control anyone. We can only no. control and make no. ourselves do whatever. And, exactly. th and that's a good thing. I think it should teach us something about God, that God doesn't control us. He mm -hmm. lets us, he lets us choose, uh, if we want to worship him or not, he lets us mm -hmm. choose how we want to worship him or not. He, mm -hmm. he doesn't mandate or he does have laws, but he doesn't make us do his law if mm -hmm. we choose not to. Now we yes. reap the consequences of that. But, you know, but I think that's the same with other people. We can care, but not carry what they have. Yes. Yes. And I think for me, it's been learning because if, if I'm not careful, I can take what my clients bring to me and I can bring home fear. Mm. And so, you know, fear for myself, fear for my family, fear for my kids, fear for our world. Um, and it can look very bleak for me if I'm not careful. Mm. And so for me, it's focusing on the hope that we have because mm. I could choose to live in fear if I wasn't careful. And so I just have to maintain that view of there is hope. And that's what I want to instill in my kids um, because I could very easily fall into fear. Yeah. And that's what I'm that. working so hard for my clients to not do. Yeah. That's so funny because how we're, how we're saying this is very different, right? I'm talking about responsibility and or not that you're not trying to fix, but yeah. I think that I might be a one. I'm either a one or a four. It's kind of 
and they kind of go together. But ones have high sense of responsibility, uh-huh. um, reformers and stuff. And if you're a six, fear is like the the struggle for a six yeah. is what I'm what I do know. I feel like I do know that. So it's funny how we're we're answering these questions in a very typically <laughs> enneagram way. Well, Jess, I want to thank you for being here with me today. Yes, thank you for having me. I know that like this is going to be a really good podcast and I think that there's going to be a lot of I always say little secrets for people's big breakthrough on overcoming one day. Um, and I really appreciate like you being vulnerable talking about this. I know there are moms that will benefit and even I think people who are just trying to love other people. You don't have to be a counselor mm. to be able to understand the advice that you're giving. Yes. Yeah. I completely so, agree. Thank you for being, oh, wait, no, yeah. I want I want you to tell me about yourself. You're going to oh. self-promote right now. You're going to tell people <laughs> about your website. You're going to make me do it. <laughs> yes. Tell me about your website. Tell us how they can okay. follow you. And if they want, tele, what do you call yes. it? Tele-counseling? What are you saying? Yeah, tele Teletherapy. Or, well, telehealth, teletherapy, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, tell them how to find you and okay. connect with you. Okay, so um, my website is Christian Mom Counseling. Dot com and um, Instagram is Christian Mom Counseling as well. And so okay. um, they can find me on either of those. I will say currently, um, it might have changed by the time this airs, but currently that website is under development and so is the Instagram handle. But it is coming soon. And so, um, yeah, so that's how you'll be able to track me down. And I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. We have a little while before this episode comes out. So hopefully your website will be at least you know, ready for It'll people to look at. Yeah. Yes. There yeah. you go. Good. Well, I mean, I'm not putting pressure on you. I'm just saying. No, no, no. Have, <laughs> we have time. All right, friends. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope that Jessica has given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough on this episode of Overcoming Monday. With today's conversation with Jess Hatton, she's a good friend of ours and we love her and her family dearly. She's a pastor's wife and a mom of three. She's a licensed clinical mental health counselor. She graduated from Dallas Theological Seminary in 2009. And since then, she's worked with hospice and local churches, as well as private practices. What what a great conversation. Hey, if you'd be interested in uh, supporting this ministry, we would love for you to pray and ask God if this is something you could get behind. We are a 501c3 nonprofit, and you can make any donations at our website, ClaytonKingMinistries.com, and they'll go to support outreaches like this podcast, our camps, conferences, and events. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this episode of Overcoming Monday has given you some little secrets for your big breakthrough. See you next time.